We've Been Around the Block is a podcast coming to you from the heart of the KZN Midlands. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Anthony Jarvey, and today's guest is Grant Pringle. Grant is a product agronomist with Panaceed, and he is a repeat guest on the show. You're very welcome, Grant. Thank you very much for having me back, Ant. So, Grant, we are barely through last season, and already we're looking at towards um, next season. With that in mind, there are a couple of issues around soybean maturity that I'd like to discuss. And perhaps what we could do today is look at soybean maturity. What is soybean maturity? Uh, what influences maturity and how is it calculated? And then I think what is important is also why is soybean maturity important? And how would you, as a producer, utilize this knowledge in terms of your cultivars? Great. And I think that'll be a, a very full topic to discuss and I'm sure we can we can help unpack this for your listeners so that they get a, a nice clear understanding of how this all works and what it means for them as soybean producers. Right, thanks. Right, so we'll have a, a short break and then we'll be back and have a good look at soybean maturity. This episode is sponsored by Panar Seed. So let me tell you a little bit about the Panar soybean cultivar range. It's a bit like um, shining a torch against the back of a door. And in this analogy, the torch is the cultivar and the back of the door is the soybean production area. So if you stand far enough back with a single torch, you can cover the entire door with diffuse light. But as the competition in the industry increases, diffuse light is not good enough and you need to move closer to get a sharper light. And as you move closer, less of the door becomes covered, which means that you need another torch. The South African soybean industry is now more competitive than ever. And most companies would need several cultivars to cover the soybean industry adequately. You could, of course, have too many varieties making Cultivar recommendation is difficult and this obviously also adds to the risk of the producer. Panar have a nice compact cultivar range of six varieties which vary in maturity from 4.6 through to 6.7 and this means that they have a variety or two for your every need. I also happen to know that they will be launching two brand new varieties this coming season so that's the 2021 season a variety called Pan 1588R and Pan 1692R. And so if you really want to have the inside track on soybean production, you need to listen to this podcast. Right, back to the show. Today we are discussing soybean maturity. We know that genotypes vary in the genes they contain, which dictate their maturity. But we also know that maturity is very strongly influenced by environmental effects. So if we were to ignore the effects of genotype or ignore the effects of genes, let us unpack the environmental conditions which will dictate how long it takes for a cultivar to mature. Firstly, perhaps we should just define what we mean by maturity. When you say maturity, it, it actually means that the time it takes from planting through to, to harvest maturity. And that, that would vary based on temperature, based on uh, day length. 
for the same variety at different locations with di- different latitude and temperature regimes. Right. Yeah. You know, so we use a relative maturity rather than an absolute maturity. And so, so you never say something is 120 day to harvest just because it might be considerably different at a different location, depending on planting date, depending on the height above sea level, which influences your temperature, depending on the latitude. Right. So maybe let's just give a couple of examples of that. So if you had a single variety which you planted in, say, Tabazimbi, and you also planted in Durban at the same planting date, and, and I know I know people don't plant soybeans in Durban, they plant Zor. <laughs> <laughs> but as an example, you know, so they would be roughly on the same... Temperature regime, more or less. Yeah. But the difference there is probably six degrees in latitude. And so you would have the same variety taking 120 days to maturity in Tabazimbi and uh, 130 days or 135 days in Durban. And that is the effect of day length, right? So that shifting north-south between the two locations, keeping your temperature regime reasonably constant, influences the maturity or the days from planting to harvest ready of a, of a particular soybean cultivar. Yeah, and the way it does that is actually the flowering of the variety is dictated by both temperature and day length. And so it's actually, it's, it's the days to flower that, that are affected by the, the day length. And so from planting to flowering, the stimulation to get the variety to flower would be the combination of both day length and temperature. And flowering would happen roughly in the middle of the, the growing season. And so that also then affects when the variety would mature. So that was the effect of uh, latitude or day length. If we look at a similar example of the effect of temperature. So if we used Greytown, which is at an altitude of about a thousand meters above sea level, and Moy River, which and Greytown and, and Moy River are roughly on the same latitude, so there's there's no differential effect of uh, photo period. So, and actually only about forty five minutes drive be- between the two of them, so they very close geographically as well. Yes, so they're very close together, but they probably differ in about four hundred meters in terms of of altitude. And so, Moy River is vastly cooler than Greytown, and so you may have a variety at the same planting date in Greytown taking 130 days to mature and that variety taking 145 days in, in Moy River. And so that is the effect of temperature. So that's giving you some indication of to why it's important to be able to class your, your soybean varieties into these maturity groups because it's going to influence your growing season in your particular location. And if you Choosing the, the wrong maturity group, you can possibly run into problems of the season cutting you short and getting caught out by mm. frost or lack of heat units at the end of the season, and that could severely impact yield. Right, right. So the system we use, rather than using an absolute value, like a number of days, is a relative system. And it's, it's a system that is used all around the world, and it's called relative maturity and Cultivars are classed based on a biological control. And so 
if we say 5.5 in South Africa, that 5.5 would be a similar value in Brazil, in the US, in Argentina. So it, it's a, a worldwide scale. It's influenced by those two criteria of latitude and temperature. So wherever you take those products across the world, in a similar environment, you would expect a similar response in terms of number of days. Yeah. So in South Africa, we utilize varieties which fall in between maturity group 4.5 through to about 7.5. And globally, the scale works from, from 0, 0 all the way through to maturity group of 9. And so the 0, zeros would be better adapted closer to the poles and the maturity group 9s would be better adapted to your tropical environments around the equator. And so if we look at a country like the United States that has, has these massive great plains, these plains have very little uh, variation in, in altitude. So they're all sitting at roughly the same height above sea level. And so the latitude plays a massive role in determining which varieties are planted where. And so you'd, you'd see these bands of, of adaptation running across um, sort of concentrically from the poles and closest to the poles, sort of in Canada and the northern US, you'd have zeros and zero zeros working your way gradually down closer to the equator where your maturity group eights. And, and actually when you get down onto the equator, you'd have these very tropically adapted varieties and maturity group nines. And so they have a very, very nice, clear system. It's not the same for us, right? Yeah, so in America, with as, as you've described it, with those big great plains, and as you come down the, the country from Canada, your classes will slowly start to get longer coming down towards the, the tropics from, from your very polar regions. And that's, as you say, because all you're changing is your latitude. In South Africa, it's a, it's a very different situation. Most of our cropping happens in quite a narrow band in terms of, of latitude. But if you consider the, the climate zones from the Midlands of KZN through to the, the central free state regions, the climate changes significantly and temp temperature regimes and the rate at which heat units accumulate are extremely different in those two to extreme environments. Yeah, and so our adaptation map would look more like a contour map because what's driving our soybean adaptation is temperature, which is driven by height above sea level. Okay, so our, our maturity groups in your cooler environments, your earlier maturity groups from 4.5 to probably 5.5 to 6 do much better in those cooler environments. And then when you get to your hotter environments, you go from your probably from 6 through to 7, 7.5. That's where the adaption of those longer varieties will come in in those hotter environments. Right. Maybe what we just need to touch on is, is how do we actually go about giving any particular variety a maturity group, right? And so this is not random. Although in some instances <laughs> one gets the feeling that, that they are randomly allocated. Yeah, that uh, maybe a little bit of thumb sucking has happened in the past. So if we think that at some stage South Africa would have had to start using this global system, um, the way we got going in the start was we would have at least two reference varieties. So if you'd have, say, a maturity group 5 that you know is maturity group 5 in the US or in Argentina or wherever, 
and say a maturity group seven, then what you would be able to do is work out at the same planting date for those two varieties, what the difference was in terms of maturity. So the one would say mature in 120 days and the other two weeks later. And, and if you plot a, a straight line between these two, you'd say each maturity group was roughly worth seven days. And then using that formula, you could then work out based on, on those two varieties where all the other varieties fitted in terms of the maturity group classing. And so once you've got this system going, it's then quite easy to take the varieties that you've already classified and put them into a regression, which is essentially just plotting the varieties and fitting a line into that. Um, and so on the one side you would have the maturity groups and on the other side you would have the days to maturity and you, and you plot a line. And you use this line to then inform you of where your new varieties fit in on that scale. Yes. And, that, and yeah. that's basically the, yeah. the would say simple method that is used to, to ascribe a maturity yeah. group on, onto a new cultivar. Yeah, so you'd say, okay, well, this thing took 133 days to maturity and you plot up to the line and back to the um, axis and it tell you it's 5.6 or whatever it is. Um, and so that's a very simple way. And really, everybody within the South African soybean industry needs to be utilizing the same system so that this is comparable across companies across the industry in South Africa. Yeah. No, I think that's that's an important aspect and if you start comparing cultivars and you're comparing cultivars in, in the same maturity group against each other and you have allocated a cultivar in there the wrong maturity grouping um, either too short or too long for for that particular group, it's either going to fail badly if you've allocated it, um, a, a too short a maturity class or a too early a maturity class, and it's going to win the yield trial very comfortably if it's from a higher maturity group than, than, than the batch that you're trying to compare. Yeah, if you just think of something like maize, where you know you would say have five extra days in order to generate yield, that variety is definitely going to have a better chance of beating the one five days shorter. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why we, we need to have a, a similar system to be able to class varieties um, so that we are able to compare apples with apples. It's a bit like, you know, if you have all your standard fives line up for the 100 metres, but one of them has failed three or four times. <laughs> he's going to be 16 years old and he's going to whoop everybody. And he's got the long sideburns and the big moustache. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's the same thing. So it's a way that we use the system to be able to classify varieties similarly. And it's very important in terms of doing our cultivar recommendations. Actually, it, it forms the basis of cultivar recommendation because yeah. maturity group is so important in terms of how varieties are adapted. Yeah, so I think to that point, and um, as an agronomist, that is one of the key tools that we use when we advise clients on what cultivars that they should have in their package and you know it's all well and good to choose four or five different soybean cultivars and it's probably also a good practice to choose them from a, a range of, of suppliers but if you're choosing four different cultivars from four different companies and they're all in the maturity group 5.5 for example you've actually reduced your risk mitigation risk mitigation through your cultivar selection so if you know the maturity groups, you can then spread those out depending on your size of your operation. 
You can help use that maturity grouping to spread your risk in terms of climatic risk, as well as your your yep. harvest risk yeah. um, at the end of the season. If you're planting a spread of of maturity groups from early maturities through through to late maturities, you're going to have that spread at at harvest time too. That you you're going to widen that that harvest opportunity. Right. So it's not only harvest. Um, so obviously, when you're planting. It gives you a bigger planting window if you have a wider range of maturity groups, right? And then you go through the season, you would be flowering at flowering different all at different times, at, yes, at, at different times, and and this is important in terms of your climate, not only rainfall and that, but also in terms of diseases. So your Absolutely. disease disease pressure and generally your flowering period dictates how susceptible a variety might well be to something like, say, sclerotinia or rust. And so having more than one flowering period within your group of cultivars is important. It's a good production practice to have a wide spread in your flowering. And then we come through to, to harvest, obviously. Mm. Depending on the scale of your operation, you may wish to spread your, your harvest period over a longer time. Yeah, and you can tie this in with, with your machinery availability. If, if you're limited in terms of your harvest capacity, then this maturity grouping becomes even more important because you're able to then spread your harvest window over a wider period and your one combine might be able to get through those 300 hectares if you've planted three different widely spaced maturity groups. But if you did the same number of hectares with one, say for example, a quick maturity group, you you may be very very compromised when it comes to harvest that you you halfway through and getting caught by rain and unpleasant harvest conditions and you're unable to get through your your harvest window or your harvest period with the equipment you have available. Right, Grant. Um, before we wrap up the show, you guys at Panar have a fairly unique way of grouping your varieties together for cultivar recommendation. And so everybody does it based on maturity, but most companies would have four groups. So they would base their recommendations on whether the variety was in a maturity group four, five, six or seven. Whereas you guys have um, a more simplified method where you've grouped varieties still based on maturity, but into three groups. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've tried to simplify to some extent and We've changed the the boundaries on which we peg our, our maturity groups and we've basically come up with three classes. The early group, which is maturity groups 4.5 through to 5.4. We have a medium group, which is your 5.5 to 6.4. And then your late group, which is 6.5 up to 7.5. So that's re- reduced the number or the complexity in our Recommendations, recommendations yeah. to yeah. some extent, because if you want an early, do you need a 4.6 or is a 5.3 going to be all right in terms of fitting the bill for that early, early seg segment? And from, from our perspective, we believe so long as you're in that early group, that early end of the spectrum, whether it's a, a 4 or an early 5, is there's, there's not going to be a huge um, management difference in terms of those products. The, the same with the with the longer growers. Whether you have a six point nine or a or a seven point two, it's not really going to to change 
the rec- recommendation to, to any great extent. Right. So actually the groups that you put them in are still only one maturity group wide. That's correct, yes. But it's really optimised for the, the range that we have in South Africa. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's a wonderful system and and, and certainly cultivar recommendations is, is one of the more difficult aspects of soybean agronomy, right? Correct. And so well done to you guys to to simplify this for the producer. Very good. Right. So Grant, I think we should wrap up the discussion now. It's been wonderful chatting to you. And until next time, that's been a guest. Take care. (laughs) 